0: You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I.
1: Hey, it's Mish Priest, founder of unstuckin15.com, where you can get unstuck with three questions in 15 minutes. I'm based out of Vancouver, Canada. Probably 80% of the calls are around career. So should I quit my job? Should I become um, self-employed? Should I go back to being an employee? Um, should I move countries to have better career opportunities and then the other 20 percent it could be um, like some of them are personal actually my very first call was really personal I when I put the tweet out there I didn't know what to expect and my first call was somebody who was contemplating leaving her husband yeah and then I thought oh no uh, maybe I, I I shouldn't be doing this but the thing that's beautiful about unstuck in 15 is I believe everybody has the answer within them and whatever direction they choose is right for them at the moment so my job is just to create more options for people to explore or to see what's missing from the options that are in front of them so that's kind of a a nice segue into how this works and uh, if you'd like I can go into that yes please Yeah. So um, I'm kind of drawing on my master's research background and my personal experiences with coming up with the questions, but also my observations of seeing patterns and things and what helps people get unstuck. So with my master's, I was um, exploring how gig workers, so like if you're an Uber driver or a freelancer on one of those platforms, um, how you can get protections. And workplace protections. So all around the world, there are legislatures arguing and debating are gig workers employees or are they contractors? So what my research did was widen the lens to look at what are all of the options that have been explored around the world. And then I uncovered 11 options and the top three that were best for workers and innovation wasn't classifying workers as employee or contractor. <laughs> so I draw on that. My first set of questions, it seems like, well, so far, every single time, my first set of questions that helps is widening the lens. So, what are all of the options available to you? And then the second set of questions, will be around going deep on all of the options. So a lot of times when people are stuck they're thinking in the binary of, you know, option A and option B. And then when you widen the lens and look at other options, even and then go deep within the two you may have missing information. So if we take the example of should you be an employee or should you be an employer, you know, another option is solopreneurship, but within being an employee, if you're not happy in your job and you're thinking that you want to quit and be self employed, you might want to look at what's missing or how can I make it work with where I am? Do I need to be on a new team? Do I need to be in a new role? Maybe I need to be at a, a different company. So, within each of your options, what information is missing? And then the third set of questions this one. If people were still stuck after the first two, the third one took me a bit more time to think through. But oftentimes, those are like the really good, juicy questions. And I'm starting to learn categories of questions there. If people are still stuck, it might be because they're afraid of the risk. So I'll ask them, you know. What are the risks with all of the options you're exploring? And sometimes it's just talking through them and, and getting outside of their head. And, um, and as they say them out loud, they'll come up with their own solutions for how to mitigate those risks.
2: Hey, this is Anna Gandrabura. I'm the founder of Tacville. Tagville is a virtual world where you can learn languages and improve your social skills. We are based in Miami. I was born with it when I was seven. <laughs> That's a really crazy story. I, c- I cannot believe I'm telling the story to the world. So when I was seven and uh, in elementary school, I uh, had a fight with this boy and his mom came to my house and to talk to my mom and uh she was like why is your daughter why why did she like why did they have a fight and he said that it, she started it or something and you know why and my mom was like anna why did you do this and i was like Well, he didn't want to learn. I wanted him to learn. I wanted him to be a better student. Can you imagine like a seven-year-old saying this? And my mom was like laughing. And uh, well, I mean, of course she said like it was, but like, imagine me seven years old and I was so upset that somebody didn't want to study, didn't want to learn, didn't want to like become better. So I think that was it, you know, technically. And then when I, you know, um, was in school, I had an English teacher and my English teacher was like, oh, and I like you uh, learn languages so quickly. And, uh, you know, because I learned English when I was in Ukraine. I didn't live in the U.S. when I was when I was a child. And uh, so technically, that's why I I, uh, continued like learning languages and literature. And then it was. Uh, natural progression to start teaching English, but it was natural progression for me, however, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to create something that, you know, will help more people like in tech education. This is actually when I had to pivot because when I was 21, I started um, a language school in Odessa, an offline language startup? school, you know, uh, it, was, it was a language school. Yeah. Uh, it was a long time ago when I was 21. But this and then is your first I, startup. That was my first, yeah, that was my first offline thing. I don't know if you can call it a starter because it was offline, but I guess so. (laughs) Because I started, it was like, yeah, my first business, I started with like having $300 in my pocket. But, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was super young and I wasn't like afraid of anything. And then, you know, when I was working and like, you know, having school, I was always profitable, to be honest. But I was not like rich, like, you know, having uh, uh, in, enough money that like I really wanted. And I wanted something else, something different. And this is when I actually wanted to start teaching B2B. Yeah, I wanted to be hired by a company and provide like, you know, language services for the company. So that I'm like hired by different companies, not like just, you know, consumers. And this is when I started working for a tech company. And they were like, we need English for IT. And I was like, yeah, of course I can teach you English for IT. So I Googled English for information technology textbook. And you know what, it's free this textbook that is published by Oxford University Press, this book is for people who are learning what information technology is, not like tech people. But like, for example, in the book, when you open the book, you learn things like how to say a mouse in English or I don't know desktop laptop and things like this and this is not what tech professionals need. So I soon realized that there are no textbooks and I have to come up with my own stuff with my own stuff for the lesson, you know. And how do I do this if I know nothing about IT? That's why I started learning how to build a website to understand uh, wow. what they what you know people need and then I was like okay now you work with customers this is why I went to work as a project manager for an American consultancy to work directly with the client so that I can create my curriculum of communication skills for tech professionals.
0: This is Karen Green, co-founder of Greenland Creative, where we blend old tech and new tech, most recently in our iOS app, Inkle Designer 123. We are based in Orlando, Florida, you know, I told you before I started to crochet in 2013 and spin and weave in 2014. I started my blog in 2013. Those were my coping mechanisms. This was, I need to do something that's positive and creative because I, I, it was my life raft, right? This, so that is how I started doing those things. Um, And at that point, you know, now we're into 2014. I hadn't had a job for seven years because actually, you know, the work that I did for the clinic, almost all of that was pro bono. So even though I was working ridiculous hours, it wasn't something I was getting paid for. And so I just, I was like lost, like, what am I supposed to do now? And so I was a stay at home, I stayed home for a while. And this is why I had the space to learn what I did during that time, to learn more about both the fiber stuff and the tech stuff. I had the space and that was like, my rec- personal recovery process. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And then, in t- and we were able to do that because my husband was employed. We had income, it was fine. And then in 2018, he was laid off. And it was perfect timing. His mother was sick, and he was able to spend the last three months of her life with her at her home. Um, and we got through so all of that and we were like, so now what? And he said, my husband said to me, he's a software developer. That's what he's done for his career. And he said, I want to build an app, but I, I've never built an app before. I don't really know what I want to build. And I said, well, I have about six ideas, all of them fiber arts related. So here's what they are. And we decided to start with Inkle Designer 123 because it was the easiest of the ideas to implement we thought. It turned out to be a learning experience for us. So, this was all long sort of background to get to the question of what is my work because where I found myself was, first of all, I'm working out of my house. Second of all, I'm working with my husband. Third of all, the subject that we're working on is what has been a hobby for me. And so, Trying to wrap my mind around what is the job that I'm doing? What is the hobby? What, you know, what is the personal? And I feel like that started to happen for me a year or so before the pandemic, and I think a lot of people found themselves in that same mind space in the pandemic as we were all working from home and all trying to figure out those lines, but because I had had the additional experience of not having traditional employment for so long, trying to figure out the who, what, when, where, why of the tasks that are my work versus what isn't my work— It was really a struggle for me, and I'm, you know, it's something I think I'm still working on. Although I've come a much, uh, much further along that path of not getting stuck on what is, what am I supposed to be doing right now? (laughs) What is my actual job?